Sam Gagne with the game-winning goal. The Winnipeg Jets win 3-2 over the Calgary Flames. Welcome to the program here. Sam Gagne is going to join me here at the bottom of the hour. I'll uh, admit my bias early. I'm a huge Sam Gagne fan. So stay tuned for that at the uh, at the bottom of the hour. Um, seventh goal of the season for Gagne. He's like this great utility player that any team can really use, and many already have. Uh, talk to Gagne at the bottom of the hour. Jimmy Vc. here are some of your headlines. Jimmy Vc signs a two-year contract extension with the New York Rangers. The AAV is $800,000. So that is $50,000 more than the league minimum salary. This has been an absolutely wild career ride for a Jimmy Vc. As many of us can recall, here's someone that went to Harvard, uh, spent the full complement there, um, was drafted by the Nashville Predators, didn't sign, became a free agent, uh, signed with the Rangers, traded to Buffalo, signed by Toronto, waved and went to Vancouver, signed by the New Jersey Devils for one season, signed by the New York Rangers, and has now finally found a spot. We've talked a lot about, you know, playing, like adapting your game and playing to the abilities that you have that will keep you in the NHL. One of the best examples I always point to, and I'll draw the comparison here with Jimmy VC, is Andrew Cogliano. Who, who, when he played junior hockey, certainly when he played minor hockey, was a really great goal scorer. Like, lead your team in points every single season. That was his game. Uh, First-round draft pick, Edmonton Oilers, gets to the NHL, and all of a sudden, for Andrew Cogliano, that game doesn't work anymore, and he has to go about recreating himself. I love the stories of guys, of guys that go about recreating themselves in the game because so many guys just refuse to do so and want to keep playing the exact same game they've always played and are hoping that the point production comes back when really we all look at that player and say, adapt or die, evolve or die. And a lot of guys find themselves and skate themselves out of the game. Cogliano didn't, and it seems as if and looks as if, and I'm happy for him, that Jimmy Vesey, has found a way to adapt his game as well. Bottom six, defensive specialist, can hop up top because he has a skill set to do it uh, for short stretches and a really good penalty killer. There is nothing wrong with being that guy in the NHL. Uh, the Rangers have one in Jimmy VC, and he seems very comfortable in this skin, in that role. He signs a two-year contract with the New York Rangers. The news from yesterday that bleeds into today, and we'll find out what happens here in just under two hours if someone claims him or not. Jacob Verana is on waivers as we speak right now. So he's available to 31 other teams. Um, Jacob Verana right now is on a conditioning loan to Grand Rapids of the American Hockey League. Uh, we all know that you know, Jacob Verana has gone through the NHL, the NHLPA's assistance program. Um, this looks like just a really harsh, maybe emotionless hockey situation and hockey decision. It's always difficult to make decisions. I shouldn't say always. For some people, it's really hard to make decisions like this, just cold business decisions when someone's gone through what Jacob Verana has gone through this season. Um, but it sounds like there are players that need to be activated and the Detroit Red Wings need those roster spots. We'll talk to Elliot Freeman about Verana here in a, uh, in a, in a couple of moments. Uh, Verana, of course, was part of a surprise trade, going back a couple of different trade deadlines, uh, when he was uh, shipped from Washington to Detroit in exchange for Anthony Mantha. Speaking of the Washington Capitals, uh, they lose last night to the hands of the Buffalo Sabres. 
Buffalo's six points out of a playoff spot right now. And you know me. I've always had a soft spot in my heart for the Buffalo Sabres. Tage Thompson with his third hat-trick of the season. Uh, scores the overtime winner. But, you know, the big one, the, 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 the big moment for me for Tage Thompson was him scoring the Ovi goal from the Ovi spot. The Ovi one-timer from the Ovechkin office. And looked like Alex Ovechkin. And here's something that I want you to consider. Maybe if you have a little bit of free time today and you want to noodle around this thought right now. They were drafted one year apart. One is the late bloomer. One was regarded as the can't-miss superstar. If you had a decision to make right now, who would you rather have as your first-line center? Would you rather have Jack Eichel? Or would you rather have Tage Thompson? Now, no matter who you pick, doesn't make the other player a bad player. Both are extremely gifted and talented, very different, albeit, hockey players. But if you had a choice, what would your decision be? Like if I said right now, for your team, today, at this moment, you taking Tage Thompson, who scored the hat-trick last night, or are you taking Jack Eichel? If you're the Buffalo Sabres, the answer is obvious. The guy that you have. Want to get to a couple of goalie notes with the Buffalo Sabres and a lot more news to get to with Elliot Friedman here in a couple of moments. Sam Gagne at the bottom of the hour. It's Wednesday. That means Greg Wyshynski. And with that, we'll kick it off. Welcome to the program today. This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Big return, by the way, for Brandon Hagel last night as the uh, Blackhawks lose to the Tampa Bay Lightning 4-1. to They lose Patrick Kane in the process as well, playing really shorthanded. Tyler Johnson not in the game either. Uh, we're awaiting word on, uh, on Patrick Kane and the extent of the injury, which actually didn't happen in that game. It happened in the game previous against the San Jose Sharks. Uh, with that, we'll bring in Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts. Uh, and Elliot, by the way, let me start off with this one. Uh, true or false, on your heart ballot right now, you have the name Phoenix Copley. <laughs> I think the hard voting is over. I think McDavid's already won it. Um, but Copley, you know, it, it just goes to show you plan God laughs. Copley um, has been incredible. He's basically saved LA's season in, uh, in the time being. I think Dallas yeah. is a really good team, and he beat them last night. Good on him. 28 saves for Copley last night. He has a 9-1 and record uh, with the Los Angeles Kings. We all know the Cal Peterson situation, and Jonathan Quick hasn't exactly had the best of all possible seasons. And you're right. like Copley has come up and given them... Uh, elite level goaltending, 908 save percentage, um, which we all know save percentages are down around the NHL. That's still good. And, yep. um, you know, he's taken them to second place in the Pacific, a scant four points back, although Vegas does have one game in hand, uh, four points back of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Want to get to a, a lot of news today, um, starting with Jacob Verana. So we'll find out if anybody claims him. So he's got one more year at just over five a copy. Uh, mm-hmm. on his contract. Uh, Jacob Vrana on waivers. He's on the conditioning loan right now. I know the second year is an issue, mm-hmm. but I'm not so sure that I see Verana clearing waivers. Do you? The, the second year, I mean, if we had better clarity on the salary cap, I would feel a lot more comfortable saying he'll get claimed. I still think that second year is tough, Jeff, not knowing if we're, what kind of boost we're going to see next season. 
Um, you know, the other thing too is it says to me that, you know, I, I, I usually like Eiserman's a vault, so it's, it's difficult to kind of figure out where he's going sometimes, yeah. but it's unusual for a player to be put on waivers with out a general understanding that that player might be available. So, you know, I wonder now his case is unique and, you know, I'd, I'd like to say this first and foremost. The thing I think about first of all is Verana's health. That takes yeah. precedence over everything else. But um, from a hockey point of view, I, I just wonder right now. He's 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 come back out of the program for a couple of weeks. I just don't know um, how comfortable everybody just is going to be. Um, uh, just in terms of, like, we know he's a really good player. Just how is he doing? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he just got back to the American Hockey League. He doesn't have a point in three games. He's going to stay the rest of this week. Um, and now he could stay even longer if he clears. Um, I, I just, it, to me, it just comes down to if teams had a better idea of the cap next season, I think I'd be more comfortable in saying he gets claimed. There's been a lot of work done. Like, I will, I will say that, Jeff. There's no question that when his name hit yesterday, there was definitely a lot of, Wow, like this guy's on waivers. So um, I, I know I'm, I have no doubt over the last 24 hours, teams have been doing their research. See, and anytime, and, and, and again, I'm not an expert in this field, but people that I've spoken to, when anybody, but for the purposes of this program and this conversation, uh, when a hockey player comes out of the uh, the assistance program, the last thing that they need in their lives is a lot of movement. They need a lot of stability and need support mm-hmm. and need to be in the same place. That's the one thing that I look at here. If I'm a team that's thinking about about claiming Jacob Verana, I'm thinking to myself, okay, he's just come out of the program. That's good. He's healthy. But maybe the last thing he needs is a trip you know, across the country to our market where he doesn't know anybody and that support staff isn't there for him. I, I wonder if that's part of the, the calculation here by Detroit. Other teams looking at this and saying the cap is an issue, but also knowing that Verana needs a stable situation here and maybe we can't provide that. I don't know. Maybe I'm reaching too far on this one, but mm-hmm. that's what people have told me. Like in this situation, the person needs stability. I don't know if he gets claimed on waivers that he's going to get that. The only counter to that I'd make, Jeff, is that unless there's a feeling that staying in Detroit is not a good thing for him, and I don't know that one way or yep. the other, um, that your, your point is very valid. I, I definitely see the argument, but I've also had people say that they're kind of wondering if maybe everybody here feels that Detroit isn't right for him for whatever reason. I, I don't know. I, I don't have a good answer, and I really don't like to speculate on these kinds of things. I mean, from a hockey yeah. point of view, um, you know, initially when I, when I saw it yesterday, I was really surprised. Um, you know, the one thing is Detroit has put veterans on waivers before. Danny DeKaiser was on waivers. Um, I can't remember yep. if it was Holland or Iserman that put Jonathan Erickson on waivers off the top of my head. I, I haven't looked it up yet. But Detroit has put good wa- uh, veteran players on waivers before. Now, Vrana is, I think, was younger than both of them at the time and was potentially a higher situation than both of those at the time. But one of the things about Eiserman and Derek Lalonde kind of hinted that something like this could be happening 
when he said that they weren't sending their younger kids down to make room for the injured players. Yeah. Like th- those players were non yeah. are non waiver eligible, but they've played very well. And the one thing I know about Eiserman is he definitely believes that the players who are going to be on the roster are the players who deserve to be on the roster. So I think this is a little bit about, um, you know, like, like Nadelkovic got sent down today on a conditioning stand. And I, I had yep. people tell me yesterday that they thought he might be the one that ended up on waivers. But, you know, like there's no question. Like people yesterday, there were people who were like, are, are we sure here? Um, they were concerned for Verana. They they didn't really like the look of it. There's There's no question about that. Um, but I think most people who kind of know Iserman are kind of of the mind that he makes these decisions for hockey reasons and and not anything mm. uh, more sinister than that. Okay, the other uh, hockey headline around today, Jimmy VC signs a two-year contract extension with the New York Rangers. Uh, I talked off the top of the program, and even though they're profoundly different players and at times you can have made the case that Andrew Cogliano should be a sneaky sort of stealth candidate for the, the Selkie trophy. Um, the comparison I drew was to Andrew Cogliano with Jimmy VC. VC, you know, was always a star, a scorer, great skills, all of it. Um, you know, didn't sign with Nashville, the team that drafted him. Um, Rangers, Buffalo, Toronto, Vancouver, New Jersey, back in New York, uh, and has found a, a bottom six home. The two-year deal, $800,000 is the uh, AAV on this one. And it seems as if, you know, maybe for the first time, Jimmy VC is in a spot where he's comfortable playing a role that he now accepts. And there's nothing wrong with being a bottom six player in the best league in the, uh, in the best hockey league in the world. Uh, your thoughts on VC and your thoughts on the deal for the Rangers. Well, you have a guest coming up in 20 minutes that I thought of a little bit, and that is Sam Gagne. You know, Sam Gagne is yep. is a guy who was a high pick, I think sixth overall, had to redefine himself yep. and just played his 1,000th career game, right? And Jimmy VC, as you yep. mentioned, was a high-level prospect um, who came into the NHL with great fanfare, and he's had to rediscover himself. And you know what the other thing I, I think about uh, Jeff is the Amazon series. Like VC was one of the guys who uh, didn't yeah. look great in the Amazon series. And, uh, you know, I, I think there were some people who felt really badly for him about that, that he was kind of uh, yeah. embarrassed at one point in there and everybody saw it. And it was kind of a window that we don't normally see. And, you know, also, uh, you know, he, he, during COVID in Canada, he got moved from Toronto to Vancouver, and uh, it wasn't an easy time. And, you know, he's he's, re- de- he's reinvented himself. He's become uh, a valuable and important depth player for the New York Rangers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, I'm happy for the guy. I, I am. I, you know, I, I think sometimes when, when, when the hype is big on you or great things are expected from you and it doesn't go that way, you can completely fold and, or you can take the challenge and say, I'm going to find another path. And Sam Gagne did that. And now Jimmy Vesey is doing that. So I I like to see it. Speaking of the Rangers, uh, watching this game last night against the Carolina Hurricanes, I kept saying to myself, if they, if they win this thing, is this not the Rangers biggest win of the season? 
and they snapped Carolina's 11-game winning streak, 17-game point streak, Carolina's gangbusters, and we know all about you know the, the, the various situations the Rangers have found themselves in over the past few weeks. The Vincent Trocheck Bowl, call it whatever you want. Did that not feel like the Rangers' biggest victory of the year? It was almost like a Stanley Cup win in January, yes. Like, like someone sent me a note last night that Florida, they played Arizona, and that was a real roller coaster yeah. of a game. That was a must win for the Panthers on January the 3rd. It was, and, yes. and, and when they were up 2 nothing, and all of a sudden I looked up and Arizona tied it, I was like, oh, my goodness. And then watching that Ranger game last night, it's almost, it's not like, it wasn't a must win for them, Jeff, but it did feel like the Super Bowl on January 3rd. Like you can tell at the end of well, that they had to chase it a couple of times. Yes, they had to chase it a couple of times. Tell by the way they, they celebrated at the end of the game that that was a that was a big one for them. You know this Lafreniere thing yeah. is is over top of them, and um, you know they they've kind of been lurching a little bit. You know when you go to the final four, there's not much room for a step back, and and, and you can really feel it, right? And I think at, at times that team has really felt it. Um, but that's, uh, that was a hell of a win last night. They played hard. That was a really good game. Yep, that was. Um, Vancouver Canucks uh, drop a 6-2 decision to the New York Islanders. Uh, Matthew Barzell was excellent uh, in this one. Uh, afterwards, yep. some harsh, harsh commentary from Bruce Boudreaux. Yes. Um, you know, essentially, I'll paraphrasing here, when adversity happens, we can't handle it. That mm-hmm. is just a dagger to the team when you hear the coach say something like that um this is a team that slides down the standings here uh when you have a draft as deep uh, specifically at the high end uh as this year's draft is headlined by someone who's a vancouver canucks fan elliot friedman uh mm-hmm. there's no there's no win if you end up in the middle and that's where vancouver finds themselves right now do you have a thought after the the loss and the comments by the coach afterwards well, my first thought is that it's bad when the team doesn't put up the video. Right, of the coach. Yes. Uh, so, I, right, yeah. you know, they always put up Boudreaux's uh, video. And, like, basically post-game, you know what you'll do? You'll scroll through. You know, there's, there's Ian McIntyre. Yep. There's, there's Bachelor. Um, you know, you go and you kind of read their tweets. And then if there's anything that really sticks by you, you go back and you look at the video just because you want to make sure that nothing gets lost in the writing. And, you know, there's no, there was no video. At least the last I checked, there was no video. And that's, that's a bad sign because that's clearly, like, I mean, they put up the video all the time, right? And yeah. so that means someone said, don't put up the video. So that's, that's a bad thing. And secondly, um, you know, it, it, the thing about Bedard is, I think I said this months ago, that if, if there was ever a year for Vancouver to do it, it was this year. And, you know, Jeff, I have a theory now, and, I'm, and I think I talked about this yesterday, and I talked about it last night on the Leaf Regional against St. Louis. The thing that has happened now is everybody now has seen Bedard at a big stage at the World Juniors. Like before this last week or so, how many people had really watched Connor Bedard? They hear things about him. They kind of know snippets about him. But how many people had really watched him? Like you had, 
And I say this with a compliment because you're a gigantic nerd. You had watched Connor Bedard. <laughs> and, but a lo- and, and there's a lot of people out there who really love prospects or really like their Western Hockey League. And, like, I confess, yeah. I've watched a little bit of them, but not a ton. Well, now everybody's seen them. And everybody understands what we're dealing with here. And there isn't a fan base in the league that would complain about a tank job for him now. Like, I don't like tanking as a rule, but you look at this and you get it, right? And so I think mm-hmm. any team that wanted to tank had the license to, has the license to do it. I, I thought Vancouver should have done it a while ago. Now, I'm seeing, like, all these takes this morning. The hot takery is going with trade everyone. So, so we just start losing. You know, the, the fact is that it's really hard to do that right now. Like, there's no, there's no trades happening. I was talking about it with one of the Blues yesterday. He's like, are you bored? There's no trades happening. So you can't just do that. <laughs> but the, the one thing yeah. that um, – the, the one thing is, is that I think that that, that, that Canucks dressing room, it's shell-shocked. I, I, I really do believe that. It has been a season of story after story after story. Um, the, the, you know, the fact that it looks like Horvat's going, um, you know, Boudreaux has been, you know, kind of held on edge for a little while now. I, I just think that it's been a lot for those players. And, you know, on mm-hmm. some level you have to be professional and say, you know what? Um, I've, I, I got to block it out and I got to play. And you do. I think we all have to do that at different times in our own lives. But I just think it's been a lot. And the reality is setting in, and now everybody knows that, you know, you're looking around, you're like, who's going to be here and who isn't and, and what's going on. And I just think those players, it's like been one, like, shock after another. And I think those guys are mentally wiped. I, I, I really do. I think mm-hmm. it has been a really hard year there. And I think those players know that there's a lot of people going and the team won't be the same, and it's like, man, when is this just going to end? And I saw that last night. The moment the Islanders pushed back, Bruce is right. They were done, and I just think that these players know that, like, they they just, like, want it to end. I saw a team last night that was like, just let us know where we're going. That's what it was. Here's the problem if they want to get themselves in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. It feels like mm-hmm. it's way too late. Like I know we're only 37 games in, but they got 16 wins. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna put yourself in a position to win the lottery, I always look at this at the beginning of the season. What's the most amount of wins you should be allowed? And I'm kind of between like somewhere between 15 and 20. No, to really guarantee well, the, yourself the thing a slot. Is, the thing There's is, 16. Jeff, like, like Chicago could do it. Chicago's yeah, doing it. The, the, the thing is, the thing is, like in the NHL. Like, weird stuff happens. We get weird combinations. And I know that's not scientific. Uh, it's not going to – I'm not winning any <laughs> Einstein awards for that kind of prediction. But weirdness happens in this league. Yeah. Now, they've changed the rules. You've got to be in the bottom 11, yep. right? And we all know that yep. Florida, who's sitting there right now, is not going to stay in the bottom 11. They're going to be trying to do no. better. So, oh, yeah. like, the thing is, like, Jeff, we're at the halfway mark. If you – if you really want to pull the chute, you can pull the chute. There's plenty of time to do it. But 
this idea that Vancouver should just trade everyone now to 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 make themselves worse, like it just it, it's not really possible because nobody's making trades. Yeah, I mean, unless you just want to go out there and completely lose deals and take bad contract after, but then the question becomes, what if you don't get them? Like all this is just for a gamble. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, what's the what are the top odds? Like, it's not what is it like eighteen percent? I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, you know, like it's like I mean, the one thing they've done now is you can only move up ten spots, so they've made it a little mm-hmm. more. Uh, uh, like in, uh, before, even if you missed the playoffs, you were the first team out. You could win it. Now you can't do that. So, um, you know they've they've done it a little bit that way, but still, like Jeff, like the odds, they aren't great. I mean, I think Chicago has what like two wins in their last twenty three games, and now Patrick Keane is hurt. Um, you know, yep. but like I like I don't like tanking, but how can anybody complain about it for this year? You, like I like like Not when you, you think there yeah. isn't a fan base watching this guy this week and saying, "Oh my God, let's lose as many games as possible." They're all saying it. If they're out, they're like lose. <laughs> um, Tim Murray is available. If you uh, want to hire someone who's familiar with tanking to try to get a superstar player, uh, last time I checked, Tim Murray is still very much available for hire. Um, I wanted to, I kind of wanted to mention this yesterday on the program. We didn't get a chance to get to it. It's from a couple of days now, but the story continues. Um, this is from Dan Milstein. Now, he's an agent, uh, Gold Star. Um, yeah. Represents a lot of players, uh, mainly Russian players. And this is something he put out on January 2nd. It yeah. was dismissed by many but then picked up by others and uh, whether it's, you know, lawyers or NHL teams and has been pointed out that there could be really something to it. Just for the listeners and viewers, let me read this off. This is Dan Milstein. Uh, It's been hard for Canadian teams to sign free agents due to high taxes, cost of living, etc. Yesterday, this was tweeted on January 2nd, yesterday Canada banned home sales to all foreigners for two years, including U.S. citizens. Can you imagine signing a contract and not be allowed to buy a home for your family? Ridiculous. Now, many pushed back on it, but also, Elliot, many have supported this and have said, yeah. I think Dan Milstein has a point here. I don't know that players are exempt. They're, they're not, unless they've, I, I think, filed a tax return for three of the past four years. Now, I, I spent, ever since Dan's first tweet, I spent a lot of time working at this because admittedly this is not out of my, uh, in my area of expertise. This is a bit new for me because initially people were telling me that, no, if you have a work visa, you're okay, or a special visa, you're okay. Well, now, since I've figured this out a bit more, it's, it's more complicated than that. I think it kind don't quote me exactly on this, but I think you need to have paid taxes, I think, three of the last four years in Canada to qualify. Now, I did have a, a few agents tell me, look, if you're on an ELC, like if you're like an American kid drafted into Canada, like say Brady Kachuk, and you're on an entry-level contract, yeah. you're probably going to rent for your first couple of years anyway, right? So it doesn't necessarily Most affect likely, you yeah. as much. If you're if you're a player who's traded into Canada with a year or two left in your contracts, um, you're probably going to rent anyway. Now, 
but there mm-hmm. are players who are going to be affected. And the reason I think Dan is mad is because he's got two of them. One is Zub in Ottawa, and the other is Kuzmenko in Vancouver. Like, those guys, it sounds like they're going to be affected. That, you know, here are guys who signed long-term, or sorry, Zub has, and Vancouver is going to try with Kuzmenko, but they want, yeah. they're really not in a situation where they're going to be able to buy a house. And I think what some of the Canadian teams are worried about is they don't think this is going to affect a lot of players, but what they do think is they're worried about, because they're worried about this all the time, is our agents and American-based teams going to use this as another reason not to yep. sign in Canada? That's what Don't the paranoia the is. Yes. So Milstein, I understand his concern because he's got a couple of players who look like they're going to be affected by it. Because um, there aren't mm. going to be many, I don't think. But I think the Canadian teams are like, oh, this is just another thing we're going to have to fight over. Uh, real quick, and, and that story is going to continue here. Uh, real quick before we wrap up and, and give way to Sam Gagne. The Oilers lose to the Kraken 5-2 last night. Tough loss. Stuart yeah. Skinner gets the hook. Fifth straight loss at home for the Oilers. And because you know I love, I, I know you love when I point these things out. Uh, another point for Daniel Sprong. 11 goals, 11 assists, 22 yeah. points so far. Uh, just averages just over 10 minutes of ice. Fourth line guy. Um, and he's making the absolute league minimum, no bonuses, $750,000, which I believe, yeah. um, when you look at point per dollar, puts him yeah. fourth in the NHL, Daniel Sprong. You know, I, I think it's just a reminder of if you can find the right role for someone, they can be successful. You know, there'll be people who look totally. at this and say, does he deserve to play more minutes? And I bet you Seattle would argue, no, this is perfect for him. And, you know, that's why, to me, roles are so important. Can you find something that makes sense for someone? You know, Edmonton, you know, I just want to say, like, the last couple of years, there's a point in the season where the hysteria starts to grow, right? And it's like you feel like you're in the spin cycle of the washing machine and Ken Holland's sitting there (laughs) and you you know that, like, do this, do that, we got to do this, we got to do that. And he tries to ride it out. I think we're getting there now. I, I think we're getting there now. Yeah. Now, you know, McCabe, I, I'm i not convinced that uh, he wants... Jake McCabe. Yeah, Jake, Jake McCabe. McCabe. We've talked about him a little bit. I think he was a player Edmonton had interest in. I'm not convinced that that's mm-hmm. going to be a path for them. Um, I'm not sure he's going to want to be in Canada, and he has some no-trade control. Um, so I, I might have to look elsewhere, but... I got to think that uh, they're going to be stepping up their look for for a D. Now, does that mean he's going to make a panic deal? It's not his way, but I got to think they got to be lucky. Mm -hmm. We shall see. Uh, Okay, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Uh, Sam Gagne, you have a quick thought? I know you mentioned him off the top. Quick thought on Gagne before we give way to him here in a couple seconds. Oh, I'm obviously I'm a huge fan. I, I think... You know, life is supposed to be easy when you're a sixth overall pick into the NHL. And uh, he, you know, he reinvented himself. And uh, I have great admiration for that. Our path, it's easy when your path is straight. It's harder when your path has dead ends and weird stuff on it. And uh, I have great respect for how he handled things and got to a thousand games. 
He's been given a plenty of uh, he's been given a lot of opportunities to quit, and he's never taken the quote unquote easy way out. And he endures, and now he's played one thousand and two games. Uh, okay, we'll check in soon. Thanks, Freach. All right, take care, man. There he is, Elliot Friedman from Thirty Two Thoughts on Hockey Night in Canada. Greg Wyshynski coming up in hour two. In the meantime, quick pause, uh, refresh, come back. Sam Gagne of the Winnipeg Jets scored the game winner last night uh, after playing game number one thousand. Uh, Sam Gagne of the Winnipeg Jets next on the Merrick Show across the Sportsnet Radio Network, simulcast on Sportsnet Three Hundred and Sixty and Sportsnet Now. Back in a moment.